What's shaking, cats and kittens? I'm Rob Lee from Getting to the Truth in This Art. And this podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Bazaar. Bazaar is a gift shop for those seeking the strange and unusual. Got morbid curiosity? Got an interest in natural history? Bazaar's got you covered. Bazaar specializes in antique medical equipment, jewelry, prints, funerary antiques, and many other morbid gifts. The inventory is ever-changing. I'm wearing a great death's head moth pin, and I'm enjoying this hand-poured candle called Overgrown Cemetery. It's great. It has the studio smelling awesome. Head on over to 3534 Chestnut Avenue in Baltimore, Sinan Hamden neighborhood, and see what they got to offer at Bazaar. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is a musician, producer, visionary R&B jazz artist. We have John Tyler. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Very excited. Yeah, it's it's, it's great to have that uh, energy. Good way to wrap up the day. Um, <laughs> so this this is definitely, I think, going to be part of this series I'm doing with people who are... Uh, doing like music that has like some type of jazz influence to it. So this would fit right in with um, a little, little project I'm working on. Okay. Uh, so obviously I gave like a really 10,000 foot view of what you do. And I think it's better that the artists kind of uh, present what their work is about and what they're doing. So if you would describe what your work is, I know you got started earlier, read about that a little bit, but uh, let's, let's talk about that a bit. What Describe <laughs> your work and describe what, what John Tyler is all about. Yes. Uh, so I would say John Tyler, um, my work is very retro is very rock is very jazz. It's very me. Uh, I like to bring in, I grew up and love, I grew up in these different scenes. I grew up in the rock scene, the hip hop scene, the jazz scene, the alternative scenes. Yeah. And I kind of just kind of were like a chameleon of music and kind of soaked everything in into like one thing if that makes sense yeah so yeah i, w- I would just say my music is just everything no I, I dig it i think um especially when you 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 grab on it because I, i'd be remiss you're you're in your early 20s and you you had you had a project out like when you were like 16 right yeah yeah my first project is called true art came out when i was 16 it's probably terrible now <laughs> it's probably very cringy very offbeat <laughs> but yeah there i'm sure like i got started at podcasting and i was like 24 right and uh and i've been doing it for 12 years so that's wow. you can do the math there and i look back and i'm like oh no these will not see the light of day but i think once you, you get to what your sound is and what your flow is as to, or what your approach is, what's yours, what your version of it. Then you're like, you know what? And maybe some of that was where I'm at, but some of it <laughs> definitely was not. So I, I definitely get where you're coming from of uh, I've, I've grown ultimately. I think that's what you're getting yeah. at. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for it because, you know, without that early stuff, I wouldn't be where I'm at now musically and creatively. So I needed that, you know, that, that start with that project, but it's still terrible. I, I'm not, I never, you would never catch me performing nothing from those projects. Oh, no B-sides, no early B-sides. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what the people are going to come out for. Uh, see, see what'll happen is I'll troll it. And like, look, man, I remember, I remember this track, man. I got some leaks, man. 
So, oh man, I, I'll say in doing that parallel because I look at what my creative expression is, and I try to empathize with the artist on, on that level. And you know, I always kind of dabble with just certain um, creative things, whether it be painting, whether it be writing. Um, still dabbling mm-hmm. with acting a little bit, um, and doing stand all types of goofy things, right? But I, I'm a podcaster first, and I choose that as my main artistic expression. What drew you to music versus other artistic expressions? Mm. Well, I actually started off as a screenwriter, screenplay writer. Okay. Um, so the first project, True Art, that we talked about originally was a play that I wrote. And the album really was just the musical for the play, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've really been into writing and directing. Um, but in terms of music being my number one now, uh, it was I always went to music when I was very vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, when I was very happy. Uh, no matter all, all my different emotions, I always caught myself uh, making music or listening to music. And um yeah, that's just kind of how it became a number one. It all it all started really from Guitar Hero Three. I dig it. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember when it came out. I was in fourth grade. Uh, <laughs> it made me both happy and sad because the whole neighborhood used to play. I was the worst one. Oh, uh, no. and, and I used to just. My mom bought me an Xbox. I was playing that every day for a year. I'm now, good, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I could play any song with Guitar Hero. Go through on expert like that. That's how much I practice at that game, and it kind of just turned into me playing like real guitar and guitar and music is really just how I express myself. It's who I am. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I always think of this um, Hannibal Burris joke when someone mentions guitar, and it was just like uh, he's like, "Yeah, I was playing. I was playing Guitar Hero with this kid, and he's like, we're challenging each other, and the kid is going behind his back and between his legs playing the guitar. It's like I hit him with the guitar, and I was like, I'm done with this." <laughs> Yeah, Hannibal is such a funny guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, if I didn't do music, I would want to do comedy. Uh, I watch it a lot. That's that's part of my my process. I, I get I get a fair amount of uh, Hannibal comparisons, which is a thing. And I'm like, just because we're black I can see glasses, it. it's, it's a thing. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> so you, you touched right there a second ago on on that process. So what else is is uh, inclusive of your your process? As a, as a writer or uh, practice, things like that. What else is inclusive of your process? Getting out the house, really. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know from uh, when the pandemic happened, from March all the way up to like November, I was not making any music because I was not leaving the house. And then I got a bike. I was biking every day, pretty much enjoying. I love going in the mornings and the sunset comes up Mm -hmm. and birds and stuff. And it really inspired a lot of chord progressions, a lot of lyric ideas. Uh, Like on my new project I'm working on, I have a song called Baby Bird. And it was just inspired off seeing like birds just in the trees in the morning. Uh, So yeah, really getting out the house, talking to people, talking with like my little cousin who has a completely different perspective of life yeah it can help inspire a song or talking to my grandma who lived like she's been here since oh wait i was about to give her her age she would have been mad <laughs> she's been here she's been here all right let me she's been here when baltimore was known as a music city like when the, when the pandemic first happened and she came to live live with me um and she wanted to go down pennsylvania avenue i was like huh and she was like yeah that's where we all used to be at 
when the last time I was here and I took it, and she just like started that that's to tell you how yeah. old she is. But yeah, just talking with her, she has so much wisdom and you know, just people in all these learning different perspectives help inspire a lot of my songwriting and and my sound. Um and a lot of collaboration because yeah, again with that, like uh talking with another musician, he might hear something completely different from what I'm hearing mm-hmm. over like a simple chord. Um so a lot, a lot of just people in general inspire my art. <laughs> so your, what are your thoughts around the, the notion that being around other people who are creative, not necessarily in your, your same discipline or even in your same like medium, right? Is mm-hmm. that important to growing as a creative or as an artist? So if you're around like, you may be a musician, right? But if you're hanging around like painters or you're hanging around like chefs, do you feel that you're getting something from them to help you grow what you're doing? Yeah, 100 percent. All of my friends are, are artists in different art forms, like my friend Switzy, who does visual art and my friend uh, Juba, who does uh, videography and directing. They help inspire me to what I'm doing because it's two completely different worlds. But at the same time, we're all in the same world. Yeah. And seeing them do their art and seeing them be creative will always, no matter like what the uh, scenario where we might be, just seeing them do their thing always makes me want to make my art and just be around them. And we just kind of be creative together. Uh, even if we're not like collaborating on one singular piece, mm-hmm. but yeah, hundred percent. Like, uh, I don't know any chefs because you bet your chefs. I mean, that would be tough. I said, no, yeah, I do. Shout out Toyo Mancy. Yeah. I I'm, I'm a bit of a cosmopolitan dude or what have you. And uh, it's kind of <laughs> one of those things where you're, you're around people and that's, I, I think if someone ever says like, no, no, I don't do that. I'm not around anyone that's creative. Everything is siloed. I stay in this vacuum of my own creativity, then it's only short side. You're kind of making the stuff only for yourself. And you yeah. know, that has its merits to it as well. But that's it, how uh, I feel like artists get kind of stuck. Like artists yeah. who make the same album every year is because they kind of stick to, they don't really explore. And there's no fun in that. I feel like life is way more than just your little box. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I get all the time, because I, I agree with that, one of the things I hear all the time, especially like in a um, professional kind of setting, right? Uh, it's like, yeah, you seem like you get bored with, with things. And I used to answer, no, no, give me the job, whatever. And now I kind of realize that I don't get bored with it. I am always looking for that next challenge. And that blends itself into what I try to do creatively. So like right now, I'm doing three different podcasts. So this, a movie review podcast, another one that's like current events, and they all have different timelines and different requirements mm. and uh, and different challenges, right? So like yeah. with this podcast, it's you're bringing in other people and you've got to figure out how do you want to put out the episodes? Does it make sense to have this episode here? Oh, snap. It's a uh, women's history month. Let's get all of these episodes out. Oh, snap. It's black history month. I got a white people going up on this, this month and trying to work within that. And that's not something I had to do until like maybe two years ago. Wow. Yeah. So I was literally just record, put it out, record, put it out, put it out. And no matter what the timeline is. So, mm. For, for you, when you're creating something, how, how challenging is it to hold on to something like this would be great if it was out? It's like, nope, nope, nope. It's not ready yet. Still in the oven. How, how does that feel? Like the cookie is not hard yet. It's still gooey. How do you feel about when you're creating something you feel is just dope 
and you want to put it out there, but you need to wait. How, how do you feel about that? You, you know, I, I understand it. I love, and I kind of hate it at the same time. Cause I know, for example, in 2018, uh, ending of 2018, I dropped a project called no color was, which was all about, um, you know, all about, uh, my come up with racism and all of my experiences and a, and a conversation about colorism and no one at the time, I remember I did a show and this white lady came up to me and she was saying it was, it was too much. She'd rather have something fun and no one really cared until 2020. Yeah. And then that's when I was being asked to do all the protest performances. Of course. And, and, uh, it, it just kind of, I kind of hate that, you know, you kind of had to release things when, the time is right. Cause not everything is genuine. So say like I dropped no color last year, that probably would have took off on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so yeah, I, I, you do have to think about that a lot because it can be, you know, the start of something or the downfall or something. Yeah. Uh, and I, one of the things that I kind of struggle with in the, uh, the other part, one of the other podcasts I do, uh, mastermind teams, Robcast, we, we get really provocative. We kind of, we have a discourse on things. Right. And yeah. sometimes it's like, all right, that was, that was wild what you just said. And it's all said in fun. It's all said in humor and all of this stuff. Right. So I, I'd imagine like if things are a little bit moving in a certain direction, it's like, all right, let's be mindful of where things are at. Let's be mindful not to, maybe put this type of content in there or, Oh, someone is talking about this. This is the anniversary of this movie. And we spent half of this episode talking about this movie because we cover news and pop culture in that particular podcast. Let's, let's put, you know, let's put a post out there. Let's repost that episode, you know, just to kind of make it feel like it's, it's relevant for that time. So you, you touched on some of the themes, right? Um, yeah. What are other prominent themes in in your music or what have you that, that kind of stick out because i would imagine it as you've grown in this in this period of time you know it's a, it's a, it's a few years it's not it's not a long time but you yeah. you've you've grown and maybe certain things you're like all right i think i've touched on that enough or i think this is my angle on that particular subject what are the themes that you think are paramount in your work at this point yeah well to say things that I kind of grown out of, like that you said, I touched on enough. I definitely touched on like love relationships. Cause I went through like, I dated this girl from ninth to 12th grade and we broke up and it was terrible. And I wrote a whole, I released a whole project about love. And after that, it's 18 songs. Oh my God. I like, I'm kind of done writing love songs. Yeah. Uh, but the main thing that you probably hear from like literally all my music is uh, getting trying to prosper to my dreams yeah. and trying to find myself and to talk about, uh, things happen happening within the black community, as far as like race goes, uh, as far as is our, our brothers and sisters dying. Cause I have three friends who passed away due to gun violence mm-hmm. and, uh, the, my latest, my last project, the good side of things touches it based on that, especially in the song, uh, joy, which people don't really know that song's very sad, but it sounds so happy that you would never know unless you was like reading the lyrics without the music. Um, but yeah, I would say those are the main things following my dreams and things that happen within our community. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So you, you touched on the artistic style, 
are there any like artistic movements in in the broadest way possible? And when I as I mean in the broadest way possible, are there any artistic movements or artists that you feel like they've influenced you? Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot. Uh, I could run the list. Janelle Monae. Uh, everything she's doing for women's rights, everything she's doing for black people, everything she's doing for uh, paving the way for people like myself, because mm-hmm. we kind of have similar sounds. Pharrell, uh, definitely, uh, definitely the whole Odd Future movement, even though go, looking back on the lyrics, I'm like, wow, that was, I cannot believe I was singing this. That's a bit rough. <laughs> it, it, no, it's very cringy. It's very rough. Very rough, but you know, middle school me, you know, that was the thing back then. Um, but they not only you know disregarding what they were saying, but their the whole movement was just being yourself and not trying to mm-hmm. follow in these boxes they try to put us, in, especially being black. Um, because I know me coming up here, like I was I was different. Yeah. Like I was I was into rock music, I skateboarded, which at the time that just wasn't what most blacks weren't doing, were doing in the city yeah. at that time. Um so yeah, I, they influenced me a lot because they allowed me to be like, you know what? I'm not going to be like you because I remember I spent $200 on some J's and I, I oh my gosh, I, I regret it to this day. And it was cool for the first day after that, no one cared. Uh, and I realized I made a big mistake trying to fit in. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm ruined financially. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much spent all my birthday money on that. It's that's one of those challenges. Like, I think that when we start looking at identity and I always preface it, I'm not the most qualified person to speak on it. However, I will say oftentimes people don't think I'm from Baltimore because I don't have a certain aesthetic or a certain sound or whatever. And it's like, I've always lived here for me, it's Baltimore or, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. it's just different things or you don't fit into certain buckets. And I rather not have the, I'd rather empty the bucket and break it. That that's kind of where I'm at, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that. And, and people, don't, people don't see it. Um, so this is where it's going to start getting some of the weirder questions. Oh, okay. Uh, and then some of the Baltimore questions. Um, so <laughs> are you a shower singer? And if you are, what's the, what's the song that you're like, look, I'm, I'm performing. I'm giving it up. I'm hitting this Luther right now. I'm hitting whatever, whatever the genre might be. Are you a shower singer? What you got? Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I, I'm now I'm mainly a shower thinker okay. because being in the shower is like the only place where I'm not, uh, influenced by anything. Like the TV might go off. My phone might go off. I get notification on my laptop. Like it's the only place where it's like, I have no technology. Yeah. It's just me and my thoughts. But if I had to choose a song, I'm definitely in the shower singing uh, Stevie Wonder, uh, okay. Marvin Gaye, a lot of old school soul stuff. Okay. I'm, I'm real into that. Yeah. I mean, but, I, I sing memeable stuff, though. <laughs> you said memeable? Yes. It's like er- everything is a running bit for me. If I can like really go off, I like to do like old H-Town or Jodeci and do the whole. Ooh-yeah. I like to do all of that. Oh, OK. It. That's not where I thought you was going. I thought you were going to say like something like the Drake and Josh theme song. Oh, no. Something no, no. memeable. I, I mean, I'll do like, I'll, I'll, I'll play like in my head and then I'll sing like Knocking Boots by H-Town. Yeah. It's very that's, that's like banger, 1993. <laughs> that's a banger though. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So 
creatively, what do you feel that Baltimore excels in? And what is an area that you feel that Baltimore needs to put some work towards? Mm. So I think now in 2021, we are very excelling in being a community as a whole, mm. no matter like what genre you are of what genre of art you are and no matter uh, what part you are. Cause you know, before it was like a whole, I'm from West, I'm from East, I don't rock with you type of thing. And now it's like West, yeah. East, South, um, you know, everyone, no matter what part you come from, we're now coming together as a unit and really doing things together. And I think because of that, I think we're finally going to be put on the map as an art city, as a, you know, we, we're finally going to like destroy all the reputations we have Um but yeah, I think coming together, we we are just excelling in that. Uh, there's so many things now that you know we, uh, as Black artists, are doing to really help our our own community. And things. Uh, What's what the second question? Um, what do you think we don't do well at ultimately? What do you want to see more of? Something we don't do well. Well, I know before. Uh, <laughs> Because resources usually comes up as there's not enough resources out there for artists and things like that. That's usually a thing that comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I know uh, there's definitely there definitely needs to be more opportunities for us to perform and showcase our art. Because uh, I know I do the Love Group Music Festival thing, and all of that is funded out my pocket. <laughs> and my pockets are screaming right now. They're saying you need to stop. Uh, so yeah, more we definitely need way more investors to really invest in the art. And I think it's gonna ha- happen like this year. Like people are really mm-hmm. starting to realize that. Um, but yeah, the conversation definitely has been started on that. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's le- less legit or what have you. I didn't want to put words in your mouth, but I was just thinking like that's a a common theme where. You know, it's just either it's exposure, it's support, either substantive, like like financially, or in a true way of people that can really get you over, who's like an influencer or something like that. Hey, put me over, put me on, like, yeah. you know, show people what I do. And sometimes it's, it's a duality, right? Where you get that support within the community of other artists, but then the people who are the consumers at times or the the people who could make a real change in getting your work out there to a broad audience, they may miss it. They may not be as interested as other people who are in your kind of similar spot. You know what I mean? That are creating or putting stuff out there. Uh, are. Yeah. So that's the thing that I think people just need to really open their eyes and be equitable in how they distribute, whether it be those resources or that. Support. Yeah. I think another thing also kind of follow up what you said is knowledge. A lot, a lot of us are lacking basic knowledge of how to be a freelance artist. And this is actually something I'm working with the state with that we're going to be doing with in um, June. Cause you know, a lot of us don't really know how to write a basic email, how to network, yeah. how to negotiate, how to price your work. Like, so we're, we're, we are lacking a lot of knowledge and I think that's something yeah, and people who do tend to, you know, it's, there's plenty of people who have made it, you know, to be like, I know, uh, Megan Thee Stallion's head band leader is from here. He went to BSA. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And there's a plenty of people 
who have done well for themselves and they kind of just leave and don't come back. And that's kind of the difference between us and like these other cities like Atlanta and like New York City, because the people who come from there, they always come back. You see them back in the community, telling them what to do, telling them the mistakes they made. We need people, more people like that to help us. Yeah. And I think, I think the people that when they're here, it's like, what are you doing here? Because I feel like at times, how high can you really grow and what to what level can you grow as being an artist here and like staying here? And some people feel like they need to make that jump because, you know, previously said like the, that lack of that support, it's like, I, I, it, this cage, it, well, cage is probably not the best term, but this, this environment is only so big. Yeah. So if I want to get more exposure, I need to be a little more regionally open and maybe go to a Philadelphia, maybe go to New York, maybe go down to DC. And that shouldn't be the case. You know, you should be able to just grow and then blow up here and then get that true long-term support, not this cloudy kind of thing of, yeah, yeah. People are looking out for like three weeks. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Cause it, it doesn't, it's not sustainable. It's definitely not. So I got two more questions. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting a vibe. I don't know if I'm right, but I'm getting a vibe. What do you enjoy when joy, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working and by working, I mean, on your creative pursuits or maybe school or your day job, what have you, what are you doing as, I need to relax. I need to vibe <laughs> out. What are you doing? I, I'm trying to uh, relax now. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I'm doing, well, one, something I do kind of often. I just got into spas and pedicures and manicures and stuff. Wow. Because okay. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It was, a, you know, you know, 10 years ago, I've been looked at crazy where I come from. So and I just getting into it. It's actually relaxed. I'm not even going to lie. I'm, I'm saying on this podcast. Uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, biking is another way I clear my mind. Like I was talking about earlier, like going in the morning and just seeing like life and the fresh air, like no music, nothing. Just me and just natural nature and just like walking and just talking to random people on the street. Like I usually, if you ever catch me on the street, you usually see me with a guitar and that always starts a conversation with a random person. I don't know, which, which turns into <laughs> something completely else. Uh, so yeah, the way I relax is just, I know a lot of people hate people, but I kind of love people. And so just talking to people, biking, um, spas and, you know, getting my stuff looking nice. <laughs> well, I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. I, I was expecting like, yeah, I watch anime and then eat rock. <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I was waiting for. And I didn't get it. So you know, waiting. I'm not, I'm not that big on anime. Like I used to, cause when I started in middle school, I was getting clowned for watching anime. So I just stopped. I do like, uh, I, I I'm about to finish Yu Yu Hakusho. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, I'm on the last two Classic. episodes of that. I, I picked it by random cause there was nothing else to watch. And I ended up loving it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I still watch it. I still am, uh, you know, uh, I enjoy pretty much, a, I enjoy a lot of Japanese stuff, whether it be Japanese wrestling, anime, sushi, the whole like gamut. And I, <laughs> I, I think I took a trip because one of the things that I've been lacking creatively, I think, is the, I haven't been able to go travel or what have you. And that's one of the things that I like to do that kind of gives me at least like I'm always looking at stuff. I'm always pensive observing and things like that, which helps me formulate my position on things. Yeah. So 
you know, if I, I'm doing a podcast and it's like, all right, I get some interesting perspective, might see some art, might see some weird stuff in a different city. It's like, look, this is all content that I'm not getting because I'm not traveling. Wow. And um, I want to say it was a couple of years back. I went to uh, L.A. for the first time and I went out there for a wrestling show. I went out there because I, I enjoy watching wrestling and I went out there for some Japanese wrestling. And it was this company, um, the New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was their first excursion as a company um, to the U.S. And they had been around 45 years at that point. So they were really just there. If you wanted to see them live, you had to go to Japan. And I was like, wow, this is this is crazy. And then I learned that I was like, oh, it's little Tokyo's out here, too. This little part of like L.A. And I was like, all right, I'm going there, too. And then there was the anime expo. So this whole weekend I was just getting loose <laughs> and it gave me so much content in terms of what to talk about connections to make and stuff to even like do a deeper dive into that kind of just kept, you know, fueling it. And it was a distraction from just the regular stuff. It kind of is a reset. Yeah, for me. man, that's dope. I, I, I definitely yeah, would love uh, to experience something like that. Anime expo is fire. I, I highly recommend it. It was, it was a staple center. Wow. Time. <laughs> I only finished like three animes, and that's uh, Naruto, of course. Everyone seen. I know every time I say Naruto, animes like every uh, anime lovers are like whatever. It's a forever show. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, it's not One Piece. One Piece is forever. yeah. Actually, I got into anime because of One Piece. I remember like in middle school, I used to uh, stay up for Tsunami on Adult Swim after Adult Swim, as as you were. <laughs> and that would that would play then. Uh, uh, One Punch Man, I think, will come on after that. And then it was Naruto. And then it was, um, I want to say, uh, what's, the, what's, what's the show where the uh, giants and they eat the people? Oh, yeah, Attack, Attack on Titan. Titan. Yeah. Never got into that show. I never got into Really? <laughs> Everyone loves that show so much. And I... Uh, because I'm probably a Titan. I'm six, four and I'm bigger than your average person. And I think people think I'm going to eat wow. them. So I never would have guessed you're six, you know, four. I feel like it's profile. I never would have guessed you were six, four looking at you through the camera. Yeah. People, people never think it when they see me a lot. Like, oh, oh, you're <laughs> Rob. I was like, yeah, make sure you say nice things. Next time. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm up there with you. I'm um, six feet. Yeah. <laughs> so the last question that I, I have, um, actually I have one, I have one more after that. I have, a, I have one more question okay. after that. Um, no, actually, this is my last question. I'm looking at my questions again. So the last question that I have, um, and this is this is the, the the tough one. People have run away from the show on this one. Really? Where do you get your crab cakes? I don't. Who has the best crab cake? I don't really eat crab cakes like that. That's everybody. <laughs> everybody. I'm, I'm going to retire the question. All right. Um, hi. How do you, what you doing? What you, what's in your chicken box? <laughs> that's the other, right, that's the backup right, question. Right. Uh, I, it's usually hella chicken, fries, hot sauce, ketchup everywhere. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I just got to make sure. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a valid, you know how you have to do that thing of, are you a robot? <laughs> are you Baltimore? If you don't say <laughs> something like fried hard or salt, pepper, ketchup or hot sauce. If you throw out like mambo sauce or something, yeah. <laughs> people, it's like, mm -mm. I'm gonna cut the episode. Yeah, like, like, uh, right? This is it. And I ain't posting this. <laughs> Every now and again, someone throw out that. Like, I like crinkle cut fries. I was like, I don't even know what that is. It's Western fries. It's always Western fries. Oh, that's is that what they say for Western fries? No, no, the crinkle cuts are the the uh like the wedges or what have you. Uh, crinkle cut. The crinkle cut is not. That's not. I, I don't like that fry. It's okay. a bad fry. Yeah, Western fries definitely all day. 
for sure. Yeah. Team Wedge. Uh, so where can he find you? Um, social media. Sh- shamelessly plug anything that you got coming out. Um, this is All right, Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, you can follow me on totally. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook at John Tyler Sounds. Uh, I have a new project and music coming soon. Uh, we have the next Love Group Music Festival, which is going to be this summer. So if you're an artist and you rap, sing, if you play an instrument, if you do illustration, animation, photography, we're booking all artists from all art forms and giving you money. So definitely apply to that. Cool. Yep, definitely. Uh, also doing a lot of collaboration with Baltimore artists too. So if you need any production, guitars and bass and stuff, so hit me up about that too. And yeah, this has been this has been great. I this was a great interview. I like all your questions. I'm sorry that I don't eat crab cakes or crabs. Like I'm not a big fan of crabs. I never understood why people like it like that. I'm not I'm gonna be real. Oh no. That's all good. That's all good. Not everybody does it. Usually I'll hear people say, I'm allergic. And I'm 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 a bougie. I do not pick crabs. I don't eat. I'm I get pre de shelled meat, and I just make. I smoke my. No, that's fine. That's because fine. I'm one yeah. of those. Dudes. You know, I get busy with it. I'm gonna ask my grandma that question because every time she come down here, she actually just left. She always gets hella oh. crab cakes. Um, so I'm gonna ask her where where you get your crab cakes at. Okay, yeah, do that. Throw that out there. I'm gonna do my sign off yeah. real quick. So. For um, for the talented uh, John Tyler, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, music, and just talented young, young people. Young people, you're, you're younger, like what, 22, 21? I just 21. turned 21. See? Uh, and in and around Baltimore, you just gotta look for them. Black, white, blue.